Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I just want to welcome those that are watching online this morning. Perhaps you're listening on our podcast at some point during the week. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together for our online viewers and listeners? It's a wel- it's a it's an honor to have you. We want to welcome you. And if you're ever in the Charlotte area, stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home. Let's just stand to our feet this morning. And I want to pray. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit. I want you to leave provoked. I want you to leave challenged. I want you to leave stoked. I want you to leave encouraged. Everybody needs to smile this morning. I could tell there's a lot on many of you, and I want to break that off in Jesus' name, and I want to enter into his presence and watch what God does as he provokes us through his word that's alive. Amen? So let's just say this. Jesus, this morning, I'm leaving changed, provoked, stoked, encouraged, joy-filled. Lord, I thank you for your conviction. I thank you that you make the wrong things right. When I repent... You wash me. So this morning, Jesus, I thank you that you're cleansing me, that you're making me righteous, effective, contagious in a good way. In Jesus' name, would you shout amen? Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. It's like half the church is out sick. You're like, no, we don't want to be contagious. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You want to be this kind of contagious. This is a good thing. Well, welcome this morning. It's good to have you, and I do feel like we just broke something off. Uh, There's just, I I sense many of you that came this morning have had a tough week, and I want to encourage you. I said it when we were talking about the beginning of this year that I believe this is going to be a good year, but I don't believe it's going to be an easy year, and I say that not to discourage you, but when you have great challenges, you can know that you're going to have great success. You need a great challenge to have a great success, and I believe we're going to have great success success this year. I believe many of you that are here with your families and you're seeking God for new things, there are new things being unlocked this year, but we have to focus on kingdom principles and put God first in the year, like we just talked about with first fruits. Well, that has to do with our time, talent, and treasure. As a church, and we're going to be talking about vision over the next several weeks, and we're going to go there and we're even going to have vision cards that we're going to give out and, and, and give you an opportunity to sow into this above your your tithes and your offerings, but this is not a financial pitch. This is a vision pitch to give you passion for where we're going because scripture says, my people perish when there's a lack of that, meaning you are going to croak if you don't know where we're going. You need, you, 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 in this vision, as it pertains to this vision, you, in order to have life, you need to know as a church, where are we going? And so, yes, this is actually a message for us specifically as Hope Covenant Church. What are we doing? What does our outreach look like? Where are we going? What is this thing all about? And I want to provoke you with these two messages over the next two weeks, and then I'll unlock vision, and you'll get it at the end of this message where I'm going, because we got to do a heart check, each one of us individually, because we're a family, and this is a church plant, so this is a core foundation of what I believe is really the leadership team for what God is going to do in the future in and through us as a church. I believe I'm looking at the at the, the very foundation that God has poured for where we're going, and you get to be a part of that. Can you give God a shout of praise? That's a good thing. 
but the harvest. I want to look at Matthew 9. If you, can, if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to legitimately turn there. Don't just look at the screen this morning. If you've got them with you, if you've got a smartphone, you can go there on the YouVersion app. It's what we use, and my notes are all there. As Pastor Karen told you earlier, you can just click on, uh, if you go to the bottom, events, click Hope Covenant Church, and you'll see it pop up. Just to give you a reminder of what he already said, we like to say things twice because repetition is revelation. So we're going to give you some revelation on that. But Matthew 9, and I'll start at verse 35. There's a lot of profound wisdom in this, and I don't have that many scriptures today. I, the Lord told me, lesson, lesson that and preach this. And, and I believe there's, we're going to hit a really sweet spot in the anointing of the Lord as, as his word comes alive. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Okay, now I want to stop there because here's what's profound about that verse. Jesus didn't just talk. Jesus carried power. He healed diseases. The issue with evangelism right now in America is it's a lot of talk, but it's not a lot of power. Because we've become this production, and we're going to get there. We've become this check-in on Sunday mornings, lifeless production, and there's no power in it. We're not demonstrating anything. And because of that, because we've forgotten what it's like to serve and roll our hands up and go out on the streets... And now we have this issue where it's lifeless and it's a religious production and we wonder why nobody's wanting to come to this. What's magnetic about it? What, what would it inspire you to come to our production? That's cool for a minute. But no, when you, when you watch God heal somebody and do something supernaturally, now all of a sudden you go, oh, this is real. We've got a generation that doesn't want to hear about Jesus. Show me this man introduce me to him, connect me with him. I hope I'm connecting you with him right now. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Another thing that's lacking in the church in America. Somebody comes in and they don't look the way they're supposed to look. And we judge them and we shame them rather than invite them. I want the people that smell the most on the streets in here. I want the guy that's got one tooth if that, that comes in here and feels welcome, not judged. Yeah. I want the girl who just got out of sex trafficking that feels ashamed to come in and feel welcome and supernaturally healed by the love that she feels or he feels when they walk in this room. Yeah, yeah it's getting real, church. Yeah. The hour is, is getting darker and darker, and the light can shine brighter and brighter if we would get back to the basics of why we are a church and why we meet. Which is why you're going to see more and more moments of us just marinating in the presence of God so that the Holy Spirit can get through to you. Because he won't do it if you're in a rush. The whispers of God heard in close proximity where there is time spent in his presence. If you're lacking peace, you're lacking time in his presence, period, end of story. If you're lacking that moment that you could just have and breathe just breathe in the presence of God and breathe in his goodness. Of course you have anxiety if you're not taking the time to do that. Of course you have depression if you're not taking. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. It ain't yours. You don't have enough of that. I don't have enough of that. Verse 37, then he, and this is Jesus, said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers 
are few. The, the harvest is there. The people are there. The man or the woman that's hurting at Starbucks that doesn't even know if they're a man or a woman that are totally confused and totally frustrated and don't even know why they're frustrated because they're overcome with sin and desperately need freedom. Desperately need that. The workers, where are the workers at? Any business owner will tell you right now, we got a worker problem. We got a worker shortage. The demonic issue of COVID really brought that out. You go, COVID was demonic? Yes, COVID was demonic. Sickness is demonic, just in case you didn't know. We got a worker problem. We got a work ethic issue. Do you know why I believe we have a work ethic issue in the world? Because we have a work ethic issue in the church. The workers are few. But to encourage you, he says in verse 38, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let me tell you what I have done this month so far. I have been on my knees praying that the Lord would give me 30 quality workers this year. That would be the remnant, the, the, those, that are, those that, are, that, are, that are on fire, red hot, passionate for God. Because I know I could flip Lake Norman upside down for God if I had just 30. Just give me 12. Just give me five. Lord, I just need some workers. How am I going to get workers? I'm going to ask the Lord of the harvest to send me workers. I'm going to ask the Lord of the harvest to wake some people up to compassion. That they would see the need. But the issue in the American church is all we see is our need. Oh, I'm going to say it again. The issue in the American church is all we see is our need. You're sitting there staring at your checkbook. You're sitting there staring at your issues that you're walking through. How do you overcome the issues that you're walking through? So into the need of others and your issues will be handled. Amen. Is this mic on? I'm just, I'm curious. Is it on? Can I get an Amen. amen. Can I get a loud amen? amen? Yeah, I need your mouth to be obedient to what the Lord is saying this morning. It's why I have you do that. To say, I, no, I agree with that. I agree with your word, Lord. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out his workers into the harvest field. As a pastor, I have an action plan for this that I'm going to lay out over the next several weeks on what we're going to do as a church. And I want to encourage a prayerless generation that doesn't come to prayer. It's the lowest attendance we get in this church is at prayer. It should be jam-packed. There should be lines out the door about what God is about to do here. And we are going to see a demonstration of the supernatural in this room that is gonna bring a hunger. I am praying that people will drive by this building and feel an attraction that they don't even know what it is. They just have to stop by and taste and see that God's good. That's what I'm praying for. Guys, I am so done with Powerless Church. I sat on a conference call this week with an organization that's a well-known church-building organization in America, and I sat there and I wept because all we talked about was a business plan. There was no inspiration of Holy Spirit anywhere on the conversation, and God said, that's why I called you to start this church, because you carry my power, and I need to be welcome, and my power needs to be welcome in my house again. Why am I yelling? Because I have the heart of God and I'm trying to wake somebody up this morning that you stuck in your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is the greatest distraction of the enemy. Shake yourself. 
The church in America is so asleep right now. And every time we experience a little devastation, I have a little bit of hope. But I'm trusting God that with a revival, we could circumvent any kind of devastation and just see God wake people up. And that's my prayer this year, Lord, not just because of difficulty, but Lord, because of love, would you please wake up your people that we can have more of your people? If you remember the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman in John, I'm going to read 27 to 38. Again, I don't have a lot of scriptures for you, but this one is so key. Jesus then, just then, I'm sorry, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Why are you talking with her? Just so you know, a lot of that had to do with the fact that she was a woman. That's cultural back in those days. So that was, that was why you, you hear that go, a woman. It's funny, right? Not really. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. So Jesus did something that was culturally inappropriate, talking to a woman. I'm looking for people who are willing to get past the wokeness of America and do things that are culturally inappropriate according to the world. Like, look at somebody who's struggling with sin and call it sin. Well, I feel the Lord right here, right now. Who is willing to say, no, that's sin. That's why you're not free. That's why you struggle with this. It's the freedom that is found only when truth is spoken. We're not speaking truth from the pulpit in America anymore. Come see a man who told me about this sin I was in. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. And meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. (laughs) But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. You know nothing about this. And his disciples said to each other, could somebody have brought him food? Like they're still, they didn't catch the revelation of what he just said. Just, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. By the way, that applies to you if you're his disciple. If you've accepted Jesus, you're not exempt from that. That's especially for you. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Hope Covenant, I tell you, open your eyes and look at Huntersville. It's ripe for the harvest. Look at Lake Norman. Look at Charlotte. It's ripe for the harvest. We've got work to do. Everybody say me. Me. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Let me explain this. There are times where you will witness and you will pour into somebody and you will not see the fruit of your labor. In fact, that's a lot. In fact, that's, I would, for me, that's like 90% of the time. But you're sowing a seed, and there are many times that I have witnessed to somebody that I've found out years later that person accepted the Lord with somebody else who reaped the harvest of a sow, a seed that I sowed. But who cares? Who cares? You will reap the reward when you see him face to face. 
But what matters is that we're sowing seed. Everywhere we go, everything that we do, sowing seed every day. That's what matters. And we will see a harvest. Because scripture doesn't say if you sow, you might reap. No, it says when you sow, you will reap. The church is called to be a salt and light to the earth, not sugar and darkness. We've candy coated the gospel. We've turned church into a production and allowed the ways of the world, such as entertainment, a feel good, inspiring, conscious easing message into the church to dumb it down rather than raising the standard. So here's the thing. When somebody walks in here and they're not dressed appropriately, we're not going to judge them. We're not going to shame them, but we're going to disciple them and teach them and coach them. And over time, as they experience the transformation of Jesus through repentance, we'll see a change and we'll raise the standard and say, hey, girlfriend, how about you get a lower skirt? We'd all appreciate that. Right? There are times I'm praying over some, some people sometimes laying hands on them going, Jesus, I mean, like eyes to heaven with these low cut shirts and all these things that are going on right now. We have to raise the standard, but it's going to happen through kindness that leads them to repentance. Not judgment and not criticism. But by the way, many times you don't even have to open your mouth. The Holy Spirit does the work. It's your love that leads them to the change. You got that? But when Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, he said to them this in John 20, verses 21 to 23, and this is my closing verse. Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you, he said. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. Just as the Father has sent me, just like you watched me do when I came here on earth, now I'm going back and I'm sending you until my return. Check this out. Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Very next thing he says, I'm sending you. Now here's the Holy Spirit. Don't do this without the Holy Spirit. Because that's powerless if you do. You need the Holy Spirit to guide you. You need the Holy Spirit to advocate for you. You need the Holy Spirit to demonstrate the power isn't yours. I mean, it belongs to you, but it it is the Lord's that it flows through you. You understand? It's not yours is what I'm saying. It flows through you. It's the power of the Lord that heals. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. That verse should bring us to tears right there. That if I don't take this responsibility serious now, there's a consequence that they pay because of my disobedience. And I wept this week over this verse because I'm not exempt from, nobody's exempt from this. And I did some self-assessment and said, Lord, this year, the only way that we're really going to see his church grow 
is if we roll up our sleeves and we're willing to get dirty and willing to get messy. I have been praying for a messy church. It's a dangerous prayer. I've been praying that we would begin to deal with messy issues like deliverance. That we would begin to deal with messy issues like hope deferred. That we would begin to deal with messy issues, messy, bro- and all of a sudden, one of the biggest things we're seeing right now is broken marriages coming into this church. It's getting messy, and I'm getting excited. Because how many of you know beauty for ashes? And I believe that's the anthem of this church. You want to know the anthem of this church, the heartbeat of this church. We called it Hope Covenant. Because there's a generation that desperately needs hope. And it only happens through covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Hence the name Hope Covenant. It's where it came from. I love this saying by Pope Francis. It says, rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself. And flowers do not spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other. Life is good when you are happy, but it's much better when others are happy because of you. Now, I would word this a little differently. Theologically, I would change some things about it. I'll read it a little differently. Living for others is a rule of God. That's what you do when you accept Jesus. You become selfless. It's a rule of God. We are all born to help each other. Life is good when you have the joy of the Lord, and it's even better when you're contagious and others get that because you carry it. Happiness is circumstantial. The joy of the Lord, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You carry that in the darkest hour. And that in and of itself is the very thing that will reach Charlotte is when you're going through the most turbulent of situations, the biggest squeeze and the biggest crushing, and you've never lost your joy and you've never lost your peace. How is that possible? I carry the power of Holy Spirit through these times. So there are many of you in this room right now that are walking through some really serious challenges. I know that in the natural, and then I know some of it because of discernment. But if you would check your ministry and put the kingdom first, put God first, I'm telling you this will be a life-changing year over your issues, and you will see your issues fall to the wayside. You will see great things. Listen to whom much is given, much is required. Next week, I'm going to talk about the Great Commission, and I'm going to give you five passages. You know, the Great Commission is mentioned five, if not, five different chapters of the Bible, and I'm going, to, I'm going to take a look at it. I'm not going to preach it today, but next week, I'm going to talk about the Great Commission. And guys, as a church, we need to, number one, wake up to this harvest that's available to us, and then we've got to wake up to the fact that we are all called to be disciples, Discipleship is something that when you accept the Lord, to whom much is given, much is required, much is expected. Now you have the job to disciple and equip others. That's what that word means. You're equipping, you're teaching others. This is how you operate in the life flow of Jesus and his kingdom. We've got to start doing this. But this year, when it comes to evangelism, we're going to talk about our surrounding neighborhoods We're going to talk about our downtown area. We're going to talk about what are we going to do. 
right now, one of the things that we did as a church, because of your giving and because of your generosity, we are now on Google. When you research, if you're in this surrounding within, I think it's like 10 miles of Hope Covenant Church. If you research, like, what church should I go to? We pop up. If you put in there, I'm struggling with depression in Huntersville, we pop up. And it will give you an opportunity to come here. It'll actually direct you right to our Connect page. That's something we've done because of your generosity. Can we give God a shout of praise? Listen, these tools are there for us, and I want to use them. I hate social media. I'll be honest with you. I hate it with a passion. I, I so hate it. I would get rid of it. But how many of you know we've got to use the tools that God's given us to get out there? I would be stupid if I'm not going to take what God has given me as a resource to reach people who would never know otherwise. So we've got to pray that God would give us innovative ideas. It, uh, you pray it over your business. We're going to pray it over his house. Amen? And we're, listen, let me tell you something. You mark my words. You can write it down on the date. I'm going to give you this word. Right At the end of the year, we're going to be looking for a bigger building. We're not going to fit here. We, we already are having challenges. You wouldn't know it today because 80% of our church is not well. But I'm telling you, we are going to see this year is a foundational year, and God is launching us this year. But I don't say that to give you a commercial. I say that to prepare you. Get ready this year. to. I want you to say this with me. This year, this year. is my roll up my sleeves year. Sleeve. I'm telling you, this is the year. Guys, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit here this morning. I, I hope this isn't just a pep, a pep talk for you. But I, I really hope that this is a, a moment where you go, okay, God, there's some things that have to change in my life. I, I just, I hear the Lord, he's, he's knocking on us as a church and he's saying, are you just going to be like every other church? What's, what's going to separate you? What are you going to do? Because this is a verb, meaning it requires action. We're going to have a plan. It's going to be clear. And we're going to go there this year, and we are pulling ourselves into a deeper moment with Holy Spirit that we can see him forever change us and forever change our community as a result because Holy Spirit, it's not a lake, it's a river. It's meant to flow into you and out of you into others. Father, convict our hearts this morning. Convict our hearts this morning. Jesus, we need a change, every one of us. We thank you for this divine moment. And Father, delayed obedience is disobedience. So I thank you, Lord. We're going to put our hands to the plow. We're going to work the harvest this year. We're going to see some great things happen. Lord, we ask you right now for lost souls to come into your kingdom. Father, we ask you for those who've never had an opportunity to meet with you and know you, that this would be a year of encounter and knowledge of who you are, and then that your power would be forever released, that your Holy Spirit would be unlocked like never before in our lives and through the lives of our community in Jesus' name. Lord, let there be a Holy Spirit contagious draw as you pass by this building, that your presence is here. Lord, take the coal and cleanse our lips and purify our hearts right now. Jesus, that through righteousness and through repentance, we could be right with you and make a great impact. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want you to do this morning. Just ask the Lord if there's anything that you've been distracted with, anything that's kept you from this harvest and reaching this harvest and just say, Lord, even if it's busyness, it could just be as simple as business. Father, I repent right now and I thank you that you're giving me strategy. 
And I just want to give you just a slight, it's not a homework assignment, but a slight thing to do this week is just ask God, Lord, who is in my sphere that desperately needs to know about you? And open your mouth and share with somebody the good news of Jesus. And my God, invite them to the house of God. It says, don't forsake the assembling. What does that mean? It means get here. 1030, Sunday morning, Hope Covenant Church, or wherever your church is. This is about the church. I'm praying God for an awakening and a revival over every church in Charlotte. Lord, we thank you, your kingdom first. We accept this assignment. We accept this call, this commission, as we'll discuss next week. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, would you say, yeah, Lord, that's me. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.